Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Catherine, and today I'm going to talk about Noah and the flood. This is a very well-known biblical narrative, and it has been filmed and told in Sunday schools many times over. The story continues on from Genesis six,、uh, verse nine to chapter seven and eight, and part of nine as well. Uh, last time I talked about Noah being the righteous man, and in the time when the world is full of evil, his walk with God is a stark contrast to the people around him. Noah is a perfect is not a perfect man,、um, as we'll see later in the Bible. But again, it's his heart that God looks at, not how perfect he was.、Uh, it goes the same with how God sees us. We ourselves ourselves are full of faults, but God cares more about our attitude. Are we walking with God humbly and following His commands,、um, and that's what God really cares about. Another issue people often struggle with is why would a loving God destroy His created beings? I don't think God enjoyed destroying the world which He created. That would be sadistic. Even I, at this point of the biblical account, feel like I have come along this far with Adam, Eve. And their progeny, and feel the destruction of the world to be very sad. God spent so much energy and care into creating this beautiful world, and then He had to destroy it because of human evilness. And if the evil hadn't been so great, I don't think God would destroy it. So it's not that God is not just; it's not loving. It's because the sin was rampant and everywhere. Okay, so back to the ark,、uh, because. The world is full of evil. Everyone thinks about evil things all the time, and that must have been horrible.、Uh, from Second、uh, Peter's、uh, chapter two, verse five,、uh, describe the fact that Noah had preached for all the years leading up to the flood, and he was a really righteous man, and he preached to the evil generation around him bravely, and unfortunately, nobody listened to him except for his own family. Uh, God instructed Noah to build the ark, and the ark was three hundred cubits、um, long. It's width fifty cubits, and its height thirty cubits. In modern terms, it's roughly the length of one hundred thirty-five meters, width of twenty-three meters, and height of forty meters. And it's to be divided into three levels: no opening except for the door on the side and the skylight. Opening or window on the top of the ark, so it's basically a floating box. Not only had to be fully sealed to be waterproof, the only way to look up, look, sorry, the only way to look is up when they experienced the flood. Just like all of us during the time of trials, we look up to God and not our surroundings.、Um, and I guess the practical, the more practical aspect of this is probably they still need air during the flood. Imagine all the animals and people in the ark for about a year and no air; they would have all died. God will then destroy everything on earth except the people and except for the people and the animals in the ark. I'm sure Noah and his family would not enjoy watching all the death around them, and God spared them of that by not having windows on the side of the ark. So in verse eighteen, God said. He will establish his covenant with Noah, and Noah shall enter the ark with his wife, his sons, and his sons' wives. So it is very obvious that his sons all had wives at that point. And when Noah was six hundred years old, the flood came. Noah and his family went into the ark, and God shut the door from the outside. 
No, I was not the one closing the door. God did. And the flood isn't, well, the flood wasn't a local flood like some may have believed. The flood was worldwide and nobody was spared. The water rose higher above the mountains and made sure it covered the entire earth. All the living things lived above the land God wiped out. Probably except the sea creatures. Those cannot be brought onto the ark and some probably survived the catastrophe by being in the water. It cannot be a local flood if the mountains were covered. Another question people often brought up was, how did Noah and his family fit all the animals into the ark? The logical answer is he brought the youngsters of the animals, not the adults. And on top of that, the animal species we see nowadays are reproduced after that time. So it said God instructed the kind of animals and not the species of the animals, which probably meant the family of the animals in um, the categories of, you know, by, in biology where there's the kingdom, the family, and that's the category of animals that can breed with each other and can still be considered as the same kind and the family. Um, there's an excellent YouTube video called Noah's Ark and Flood, Science confirms the Bible, explaining details to how Noah and the Ark survived the year-long flood and related scientific questions to the flood. Um, I'm not able to list everything, and I encourage you to watch it. I'll put the link in the information section of this podcast. So the size of the Ark is about football field in three levels, so it shouldn't have problems with containing the animals and their feet. Later in chapter 9, verse 3, God said to Noah, um, after his, he and his family came out of the ark, everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, now I give you everything. It shows that before the flood, people only ate plants. And after the flood, the animals became scared of people and people became carnivores. What I'm trying to say is before the flood and in the ark, most likely everyone ate a vegetarian diet. It makes staying on the boat to be much easier to manage. And remember, this is not the tiny cartoon-like boats we see on the Sunday school picture books. It's a legitimate size boat. So it probably was easier to um, feed animals and people with veggies during that one year. I personally don't believe the boat had to be shaped like a sailing ship. I believe a box would do the job because all it had to do was float on water. It didn't need to go anywhere, and this is my personal opinion. Um, I guess everyone can um, research it and see if that's the case. So the flood account of the Bible tells us a very important lesson. God is patient. He waits for people to turn back to him. But there will be a time when that, that, that time of grace ends. When there is still time, we need to come back to Jesus and repent of our sins. And Jesus is the door to salvation, just like Noah and his family had the ark. The second coming of Jesus marks the end of this grace period, and none of us want to miss the opportunity to enter this ark of salvation. And I I hope everyone who listens to this podcast who isn't a Christian yet would really um, consider Uh, believing Jesus and get on um, this arc of salvation. So this concludes the end of this episode. Thank you for listening and we'll continue on with Noah's family next week.
Goodbye.